All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to For the Long Off Podcast. Of course, it's me, Brandon, alongside. I guess that's better. Blaine. All right. And today we're going to be doing a special episode that I'm pretty sure a lot of people will find useful, if not now, in the, or in the, fu- in the near future, hopefully. And that is first-time home buying. So, of course, you guys know some of Blaine's past. He used to be a real estate agent. But he still has his license, just doesn't do that anymore. So he has all that good, amazing knowledge. Me, I know just a wee little bit about buying homes. So I'm going to be asking the questions. Blaine's going to be giving us the answers. All right, then. Okay, Blaine. So do I look for a house first or do I go apply for a loan first? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily a right or wrong answer here, but I'll tell you how I feel about it. And way i think it should be well, especially for first-time home buyers no 100 percent. that's on my mindset the whole time here um you know millennials are the you know first-time home buyers is the largest buying percentage of the home buyers market at least it was when i was actively looking at this data a whole lot i still feel like it is but way prices have been going we won't go into that but they've been high 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 and so we'll carry on so question was do i look for a house first or do i apply for the loan first well, typically, everyone's always going to be like, I think I want to buy a home. So they're going to start looking for homes first. You know, that's fine. Uh, you know, you're still thinking. You're in the thinking phase of like, oh, I think I want to do this. Oh, I look at pretty stuff. And, you know, it's nice to look at stuff. You know, like, oh, I go look at cars, dealership. I may not buy. I don't know. You know, it's always nice to look at stuff. But when you get you get serious about buying a home, when you go from, I'm kind of looking to, I'm buying a home. There's some point in there that will happen. Uh, you know, you need to apply for a loan first, a good real estate agent. So this is going to give you y'all a backdoor into how a real estate agent thinks for a lot of this, especially the beginning here. A good real estate agent is going to tell you that you need to get pre-qualified for a loan unless you have cash. And the reason for this is, well, your, your, your first, probably your gut reaction is like, Oh, you don't think I have money. Is that think We don't think you have money. You're clearly trying to buy a home. So somewhere along the line, you probably believe you're able to afford it. But the point of this is, unless you have cash, because then if you have cash, you know exactly how much you could spend. Most people don't. Um, so you're going to get a loan. In order for you to be able to find a home easier, you need to know how much you can afford. You may think you can afford one amount, but the uh, loans may say otherwise. There's many different loan products that will go up and down in numbers. So shop around. And uh, so I'll expand a little bit on that too uh, in this question. But uh, basically, should you look for the house first or apply for the loan first? A good real estate agent is going to tell you, get pre-qualified. That means you're going to go to a lender, and then you're going to get pre-qualified for your home loan, and which is a mortgage. That's what they call those, those loans you get for homes to buy a home. You're going to go get pre-qualified for a mortgage, and so that's going to say, hey, I'm able to buy, let's say, a home up to 250000 This is the amount that I'm given for under X type of loan, many different types of loan products. And so getting pre-qualified allows you to know what kind of home you can afford. So if you know you're qualified for up to 250000 now you know what your limit is and where you can search. So you can, quote-unquote, like maximize the dollar. You may not want to spend that much, though. And it's good to not try to spend as much as you possibly can because you don't want your payments to be too high. And there's process. It's in the loan process to kind of prevent that. But still, you can push it a little too far sometimes for yourself in terms of being comfortable. So first things first, you really want to go find a home. You're really serious about getting a home. Get pre-qualified first. If you're not going to do it, a good agent is going to tell you to go do it. 
and uh, before they get real serious with you because the reason is the real serious buyers go get pre-qualified. The ones that aren't serious, you know, they buckle under, oh, get pre-qualified, no, and then they don't get pre-qualified. Well, you're not that serious if you're not willing to go put the effort in. And uh, so I'm gonna, that's, the, that's the look into the real estate mind there. So if you're really serious about it, you will go get pre-qualified whenever your agent asks you to, if not on your own. If you get it on your own and go to an agent, that agent's going to be like, man, this guy's awesome. He's like done this stuff already. He's serious. And you know, they're going to take you real seriously. Not to say they won't, but they're, they know you're real serious when you get pre-qualified first. And then um, I think I was going to expand on something. I'm trying to remember. Many different types of loan products. This is what I was going to say. We're not going to get into loan products today. That's a lot to talk about. Not necessary for our topical discussion here, uh, but essentially what I'm trying to go for and tell you is that, like I said, many different types of loan products for getting a mortgage means shop around. The government encourages you to shop around for mortgages. Quite literally, you know, when you're going to get a mortgage, they're going to run your credit. Yeah, they're going to need some information for you. That's part of the process. So you're going to go to a mortgage company. You can go to a bank, but Remember this, you're typically going to get a better mortgage offering from a mortgage company. Oh, wait, that's different. Wait, was uh, mortgages company? Because I thought it was just mostly always to the bank. I didn't realize there was mortgage companies that specialize in doing this. All right, so there is banks. We all know banks. We all think, oh, I'm going to go to get a, you know, a home loan. I'm going to go to a bank. It makes a lot of sense, and yes, they do that. But you'll notice if you do go shop around, Especially if it's kind of tight, the amount of money you're getting and what you're getting qualified for. Like you go to the bank and they say, we'll give you one for 200000 Maybe you go to the mortgage company and they say they'll give you one for two fifty. And the point is that banks have more, they call them like overlays on the requirements. So instead of saying, oh, well, you have to have at minimum maybe make this amount or have this amount of credit at a minimum. Like the government, on typical loans you're going to get are a government-backed loan typically unless you have subprime credit and uh, so we're going to keep things on the average here what's normal so if you have to say let's say you need to have a a 670 credit score for this really good one a really good this good loan product um then some banks will say well i only want to give out this loan product with a 700 credit score so they do a 30 point pad on top of the minimum because they can so if you're struggling to maybe get qualified at a bank you should go to a more. I think you should go to a mortgage company first, anyways. They're going to give you more competitive products uh, because you know they make sales. The people who work in the mortgage company get to make sale from you know getting you qualified and getting you in a mortgage and getting you in a home. So they make money from that. So they're motivated instead of being on a salary to get you that mortgage product and find something that works good for you because you're also going to tell other people to use them. So. Mortgage companies and banks, yes, both sell mortgages, but a mortgage company or a mortgage, mortgage broker, uh, those people are going to be more competitive with you. They're going to, ideally, they're going to be more salesy in terms of telling you different products that exist because they want you to get qualified instead of just saying, no, you didn't qualify for an FHA because that's common. The banks sometimes aren't as helpful with explaining things and revealing all of your options. Sometimes they are. It depends on who's working. But uh, so go to the mortgage company and get your mortgage. So my other point was, I'm trying to think where it was. I think it was just, you know, oh yeah, it was shop around. So the, the point was still within the same question here, shop around. The government encourages you to shop around because when you get your, go get your loan, they're going to check your credit. So that's a hard knock on your credit score. It's not a soft inquiry. It's a hard inquiry. We've talked about credit before on our podcast. 
if you need some updates on that, go check that episode out. Um, so a hard credit check is what they're going to do. Hard credit, not a soft one. So it's going to pull your credit and it's going to ding your credit. It's a couple points to, you know, like seven, 10 points or something like that. It's really low. But what happens, you're thinking, oh, what if I go to four different places? That's like four different dings. I mean, it kind of is at the very beginning. But what happens is the government and these reporting agencies for your credit, they notice that you're shopping around for mortgages and they'll consolidate all those into one. And uh, as long as you do it, and there's a time frame for this, which I don't remember, it's like 30 or 60 days or 45 days. Within this period of shopping around, they realize you're doing that and they'll consolidate those all into the amount of one hard inquiry ding instead of you getting dinged every time you check. And so they encourage you to shop around. So shop around. Go look for different products. You may think, oh, I need 10% down. I need 20% down. A lot of people think you need 20% down. That's a conventional loan typically. and uh, But you don't. You can get a home with zero. Literally, you can get a home with 0% down with a USDA loan. Hmm. But it's very – There's this is why I'm – and we're not going to keep going into too much detail on this because I can talk for another hour on just different loan products. But this is why you go to a, you find a, hopefully someone that you know, a good mortgage broker or a mortgage company, that he's going to know these products really well. He's going to explain these to you and he's going to help you find the right product for yourself. I've had fantastic experience with people at mortgage companies uh, because, you know, they, they want to do good service for you because you're going to refer more people to buy homes and get mortgages from that guy. And uh, so go shop around. There's loans. There's there even if you don't have money. Let's say you need a, a loan and you can qualify for this one with three percent down, but you don't have the money. They have loans that they'll give you, like they're called grants. They'll give you a grant that you don't have to pay back that covers the down payment. There's tons of loan products, and this is not even my forte. And I can talk about it for an hour. So go find a mortgage company that can help you out. You know, and if you don't feel like they're being super informative with you, go find another one. They're in a sales job, just as easy for you to go find someone else. Find someone that's going to be really knowledgeable and help you out a whole lot. You know, i got a pocket full of people, you know, so if you want to reach out and ask who in local here where we're at, um, you know, we can help you out. I can I can send you somebody that's going to take care of you, but otherwise, shop around. All right, so I'm going to go out of order for a second on our list of questions I made. Um Okay, so what does a real estate agent do, and do you need one to buy a house? Um, so what does a real estate agent do, and do I need one? All right, so we're going to address one question at a time here. So what does a real estate agent do? So a real estate agent, first off, to become a real estate agent, keep this short and sweet here, you go to you take real estate law, and that's how you get your real estate license. You take exams, you take classes, and uh, in Texas, it's like 100 and – I think it's 100 – I don't remember. It's a lot of hours. It's like 160 or 180 hours or 150. That's about that's about about how much you told me last time. I don't remember because it's been so long since I've gotten my license. That, that sounds about the ballpark you told me. It's around. It's I know it's real close to like 150ish range. I don't think it's 150 exact. Um, it's 150ish, real close hours of education to get your real get your license because you practice real estate law, and then when you get your license, then you're you know you're licensed to help sell real estate in the state of Texas. And so now, other states, at, so other what, states may vary, by the way, you guys. All the other states do vary, by the way. And so if you're going to get a real estate license, go do your research. All the states vary. Texas is pretty hardcore on high requirements. For some other states, take 60 hours. But uh, the process or what they do shall be the same, right, in every single state? Uh, real, on a real basic level, yes, the role of a real estate agent is the same. 
but the contracts and things vary. So the things that they're going to learn in school is going to vary because it's based on the real estate law in the state. So, but, but basically using a real estate agent from a simple mindset of, I need someone to help me. I need a real estate agent. That guys, they're going to be the same no matter where you go in terms of how they should help you. So, what does a real estate agent do? A real estate agent is going to represent you in the home buying or selling process. We're going to talk about just buying here. So and we're going to focus on just that, and I'll leave the selling side of this out. So a real estate agent is going to help you, quote, unquote, represent you, keyword here. They're going to represent you in the home buying process. Now, here's a fun fact. Write this down. Not really. Just make a middle note that it is free for you to use a buyer's agent to buy a home. Why? Okay. When I we'll keep this Wait, short. Hold on, hold on. Can you actually back up a little bit? Okay. What is that? A buyer's agent? Yes. So, like we said, a buyer's agent is going to represent you in your home buying process. So, like this real estate agent, we're talking about being a home buyer here. As a home buyer, you should always, quote unquote, always. As a first-time home buyer, always, you know how many times I've said that? Always use a real estate agent for a first-time home buyer. Always to represent you. Don't don't use an intermediary, which is one that will represent the seller and the buyer. Always get your own agent to represent you during the home buying process. You are brand new. You need help navigating this. You know, you may think you know a lot about real estate, and that's fine. That's great, uh, but if you haven't bought a home before, you don't know everything about real estate, and it's, it is their profession, and how does it hurt you if it is free? 100%, it's free for you to use a buyer's agent. Keeping it short, why is it free for you to use a, buyer, use a buyer's agent? It's because when a seller lists their home with a selling agent, which is a real estate agent that sells homes, and agents can do both, but you know you got to be on one side or the other of the transaction, typically, so keeping it simple here. Why it's free to use a buyer's agent to represent you in a, buying a home because the seller already pays for the buyer and seller agent in the contract. When they list their home with a seller's agent, there's already conv- commission in that contract that pays for the buyer's agent. So your, your agent that represents you to buy a home is already paid for by somebody else. If you don't use it, you're giving that money away to somebody else. You should always use it. So... And that's whenever you're buying a home that's listed by an agent, which is almost all the time. It's like over 90% of all homes are sold by an agent. All right. So, what Wait, else? Hold on, hold on. Okay, so that actually leads into one more question. Um, oh, oh, but... I just want to clarify real fast before... Okay, is it still within the same realm of yes. what does a real estate agent do? Yes. We're not getting too far because I no. try, keep trying to loop back. Okay, so say I drive by a house one day and I see a real estate agent sign... That's the person that is selling the home for the homeowner, right? And you say yes. not to use them, but to go get somebody else to represent me and not have that agent represent me, correct? Yes. Now, you could call them and say, hey, you know, obviously, because you, know, you see the sign in a yard with an agent on it. That's the guy selling the house. His job is to work for the homeowner to sell the home. See how... That's not in your best interest. Yeah. His job is to represent the homeowner. You're the buyer. His job is to make sure the buyer gets the most money. I mean the seller. His job is to make sure the seller gets the most money and you want to buy the house. Yeah. He's not there for you. He's there for the seller. That's why you get a buyer's agent that represents you. 
So can I just go to any brokerage and be like, hey, I need somebody to represent me in buying a home or this particular home? Oh, if you do that, there's definitely going to – somebody's going to help you. But that's uh, what you should do, right? Whenever you yeah. see the sign with an agent, don't go to that agent. Go to another brokerage be like, hey, I need somebody to represent me because I'm looking at this home. It doesn't have to be another brokerage, typically. I mean, that would probably be yeah. But essentially, I would, you know, just like anyone our age is going to do, look online and just look for a real estate agent. Just find somebody with good reviews. You may, may want a young one because he's like you. And, you know, and you can find a, a younger real estate agent in your area. And because uh, that, you know, he's going to have more of a thought process like you. Some older agents may be a lot more experienced. Doesn't mean it's be better or worse. Some old people aren't as helpful. Sometimes they're great. Just and, look at the reviews. Just like anyone. Yeah. And so essentially you can't go wrong going online and finding a highly reviewed real estate agent. But if you got your, you know, if you know somebody, you can even ask somebody, you know, hey, do you know somebody that would be good? And more often than not, somebody in your sphere that you know Especially knows a real estate agent because it's a joke that basically says, well, if you can't get a job, get into real estate. And because uh, it's not hard to get it, it just takes time. Especially if you already know somebody that bought a home. Essentially, pretty much everyone somewhere knows a real estate agent. So if you don't, one of your friends do. Yeah. And so go get a real estate agent, someone that is recommended to you or someone that's highly re- reviewed online that can represent you. And at any time, you can... If, if stuff's not going right, you can kind of change beforehand. You feel like, I don't like this vibe. Eh, you can go. And gotcha. uh, so let's see. Let's see if I finish the scope of this first bit. What does a real estate agent do? So I think I did. Yeah, you did. And recap real short. Uh, the real estate agent, what do they do? We're going to talk about the buyer side. They represent the buyer to help them get the best price they can for the home. They're going to help you through the entire legal process from start to making a contract, you know, finding that home, making a contract, to finishing it out, signing the title, and the key gets handed to you. There's a lot of people in the middle there, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to help hold your hand and walk you through the whole process. Boom. Got it. All right, next question. That was in that same one. There was one after that. Do I need to get one? I basically covered that. Yes, you need to get a real estate agent. You're a first-time home buyer. Yes, you need to get a real estate agent to represent you. That's his job to help make sure people are taken care of and answer all your questions. So, yes. Okay, so now, okay, so say you're looking at a house online and you see it says uh, 232 or something like that. What does that mean? All right. And so if you see numbers, sometimes you'll see two and sometimes you'll see three. So like a 232 is a two-bed, three-bath, two-car garage. So if you see like a 22, it's a two-bed, two-bath. It always goes beds, then baths. So if it's a 1-3, it's a one-bed, three-bath. 222, two-bed. Two bath, two car garage. So it's always gonna be bedrooms, bathrooms, and then if they have the third one, garage. Yes, that's is right. Is there a fourth one or no? Um, not normally list. That's not normally how, like people list the stuff. It's two to sometimes three digits with slashes. Okay. And so it's tip. It's typically always just bed and bath. And if they have a garage, they throw that in there typically. So it's bed, bath, garage spaces. Gotcha. And uh, and so there you go. And so can I negotiate the price or is the price already set on a home? So beauty of real estate, uh, you know, everything's negotiable. If you know anything about selling or being a seller or being in sales, everything's always negotiable to some sense. So, yes, the they're selling their home, but they're putting an amount for, yes, negotiable. Uh, you know, you may not be able to negotiate as far down as you would like to be to get it, 
Yeah, that's part of it. They may be so high, there'd be someone who was not willing to negotiate. That's, those people exist, too. Some people price their home way too high. And, uh, you know, and an agent does their best they can as a seller's agent to help with that. But people are stubborn sometimes. So let that go. Uh, back to being a buyer. Uh, but, yes, you can negotiate the price on the home. It's not – it may be have a price already, but it's not set. Now, I will tell you, in our current market we're in, you don't have much room to negotiate. Uh, there's such a low – all you all know how supply and demand works to a basic knowledge. There's such a low supply of homes and such a high demand of those homes for first-time home buyers. If there is a home listed, you don't have much room to negotiate, even probably the fact that you probably are going to have to pay the amount that is on posted, so the amount that it is. Because it's so competitive right now, there's hardly any supply of homes. So more people want to buy the same home, and it's harder for you. So it's most often it's full price, if not offers going in competing higher than full price and so that's where we're at right now but in a typical just sense yes the price is always negotiable and it's even still now you just if you make a weak offer you're not going to get your home that's what see these are the kinds of things that your real estate agent's here to help you with see local market knowledge knowing what's going on knowing that this is a market that you will not get under listing price if it's priced correctly you will pay the sticker price sadly even if you want to negotiate um, or, you know, you'll get outbid and you'll lose the ability to buy the home because they'll take more money. It's a selling. If they want to make money, yeah. that's what they're doing here. So, but plain and simple, yes, you can negotiate the price. All right. Can I back out of the, of the process anytime I want to? So lucky for you as a home buyer, and another point of why you're going to use a real estate agent here is this knowledge. Uh, essentially, there is tons of times for a home buyer to back out of the home buying process. Um, there's there's a lot of exits for them. It's done that way on purpose so you don't get entrapped into something you didn't realize you were getting into. And so we're not going to get into all those scenarios. Just know that there's tons of ways out. But the most common one is, is an option period. So we're going to focus on that one real short and sweet here. So you you put a contract on a house and then you're going to have your down, your like down payment towards the house on that like in the contract to have this like the escrow money and that goes towards the sale of the house and uh, and then you're gonna have an option fee you're gonna pay that money that money you say goodbye to that goes to the seller uh, the money you're paying the option fee for and this is what your agent's gonna tell you and help you out with this stuff while you the agent yet again I hope this is sticking in your mind use an agent is uh, the option the option fee you're gonna pay for like typically it's like a week sometimes longer sometimes shorter um, especially as a first-time home buyer, you know you're going to want your option. So the option money you put that forward, you have a specified amount of days that's in your contract. Like everything is negotiable, all these numbers and everything, like how much the option money is, how many days it can be. So see, this is why it's so important to use an agent. Um, you're going to put forward your option money. You're going to get an option period, is what it's called. At this point in time, any time within these days that's set within the contract, you can literally wake up that day and say, huh. It's too cold today. I don't want to buy this house. You can exit the contract for any reason during the option period. That's you paying for the right to not be locked in the contract if you want to exit during that period. It gets a lot harder to exit after that, but there's still many opportunities to protect the buyer. So this uh, is why you're using your agent. When, uh, what's the point of no return? 
Oh. Or is there a point of no return in the home buying process? Um, That's a... That's kind of a loaded question. We'll do it as simply as possible. It won't take too long. Uh, is there ever a point of no return? There's technically points where you shouldn't be able to leave, but you can. Mm-hmm. And legally, this is where legality gets involved here. So, like, there's once you get past the option period, like, unless you are in a specific reason in the contract, like, couldn't get funding from the mortgage company, that's another exit that you get. So if you get denied for the loan even though you should have one already. But for some reason, oh, now you get denied, um, you can exit. Like, those are more things that are protect the buyer. And so you get down the road. Let's say you have no more of those exits left. You could technically just decide not to follow through with the contract. Remember, we're talking about a contract here. You, you're contractually obligated, you know, keyword, we've all heard that before, to do something, to perform. Um, so more legal terms here. So technically, if you get to that point where you don't have a quote-unquote exit, you could just not go through with it. You know, I don't want to. And you're technically breaching the contract, so you forfeit the earnest money, which is the amount you give up, which is like a percent or so of the price of the home. Um, and you don't want to donate that because that goes to your purchase of the home. Like that money you just put forward, it just says, hey, I got skin in the game. But that money goes towards purchasing the home. But if you take a legal exit during the contract, you get the earnest money back. Uh, but yeah, if you go past the point of no return, they can keep your earnest money. The seller can just cause you did that and it, they can actually sue for you in the, the legal term here is like for performance. They can sue for you to perform the other, the, the part of your bargain. You sign a contract to perform without a legal exit. You were required legally to perform so they could sue you if they wanted to. So See, all this stuff is so complicated. Yeah. This is why you hire a real estate agent. I, I'm going to say it so many times. It's, this, it's becoming more obvious now. Yeah. I hope so because it's, it's really important, and it's, it's, it's free. How could you not? So there's that. All right. Uh, can I have someone inspect the house for, like, any reasons, like past damage, uh, anything like that before I buy the house? Great question. So this is what that option period is for. So during our option period, you're going to get an inspector to come out. And see, you don't need to be writing all this stuff down. It sounds like a lot. This, you just hire an agent. Boom. And got. don't forget, you can also rewind. <laughs> yeah, you can rewind this. Listen to us, you know, a whole bunch. But this, you're going to hire an agent. You don't need to remember all this stuff. Boom. It's easy. So what you're going to do, your option period, the time I told you you can back out for any reason, this is the time and this is why you pay for it. You buy, you buy this allotment of time, basically. It's very common. Everyone does it normally. And you get an inspection on the home. You have a professional inspector come out. You got to be they're, they're licensed people. And uh, if you don't know one, your realtor knows one. He'll help you, he or she. And so you're gonna get an inspection of the home. They're gonna go through and they're gonna give you a full report on the home. And that's their job. And they're gonna tell you everything they can find wrong with it. And let me tell you, they're pretty thorough. Some of them are more thorough than others, and some of them are still just you know thorough. Some of them are extra thorough. Let me tell you. <laughs> and so, I mean, it don't, nothing's getting by them, which is great. You know, this is to protect the buyer. So during your option period, you're going to get an inspection. So let's say, you know, there was some damage somewhere that cost like 20 grand and you didn't know about it beforehand. And maybe the seller didn't know about it either. Uh, you get an inspection, you find out, oh my goodness, this is going to cost 20, 20 grand to get this fixed. Whoa. Well, then you're going to renegotiate during this option period. Okay. Well, this is 20 grand. I need a di- 20 grand discount. I'm not doing this myself. I can't afford that. 
because I'm a first-time home buyer, probably that's probably a really good argument right mm-hmm. there. It's pretty realistic because uh, if you're a first-time home buyer, you don't have an extra just twenty to the dump on fixing this house. Yeah. Not to mention your loan, probably where the prices already is right on top of each other. You don't got extra money for that kind of stuff. So then you renegotiate. If you can't find common grounds, you leave the contract. You say, all right, then. Well, you know, I want to buy this house, but you're not going to give me credit for this this major damage. Well. I'm leaving, and boom, you leave on your option, and you you say bye bye, and you've lost nothing besides like a couple hundred bucks, hundred bucks, based the house, the price. I mean, based the price of the house, option fees, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, a couple hundred bucks. You forfeit that, but there you go, you've been protected. You leave, and uh, and so that's what the inspection's for. So yes, you can do that during when you get into your contract, inspect the house, and you always should. Uh, can I have them do something to the house before I buy it, like in the contract, like say? Um I'm going to give two examples. Say three of the outlets are busted. Can I have them replace the outlets or can I have them change the paint? Yes. So the beautiful thing about real estate and why you need an agent, ding, ding, ding. Uh, literally, like everything is negotiable. Like everything. You can say, okay, well, I'll buy this house uncontent- like with a contingency of, you know, you painting all the walls blue. Or, and then there's even, this is why you get an agent again, ding, ding, ding. You could say, okay, well, these outlets need to be fixed, which is typically not something you get too crazy with, like three outlets. You don't worry too much about that. But like more major things, maybe the painting. Oh, the rooms are painted neon red. Huge no on that. Too bright. Uh, by the way, don't paint your house neon colors unless you're gonna live there forever. Because <laughs> if you're gonna sell it, you're gonna need to re- you're gonna need to fix this paint. And I kind of tell on photos. Um. So, uh. So yeah. Let's say well paint the rooms. The rooms are neon red. And we're like, okay, well, I want an allowance. You either A can say, well, I need you to paint the rooms for me in the contract. You can add that to it. Mm-hmm. And the agent knows where to add that. That's why you need the agent. Um, or you can say, give me an allowance. So you can have them do it and fix it up. Or say, well, give me an allowance to paint these rooms. I know a painter's going to cost me this. Give me this money because I do not like this house with bright red rooms. See, negotiation. So yeah, you can have them have to fulfill like painting the rooms before the the contract closes. Can you think of any other examples like that? Yeah, I mean those are simple things like um, you know those are more simple things I quote unquote maybe like the outlet would be a nitpicky thing unless all the outlets were bad and old on old wiring or something and need to be like GFI or something. But a more common thing of the same sense of what you've mentioned is like repairs. You negotiate repairs. It's, it happens all the time. You realize that there is, you know, the foundation has shifted and uh, it's caused some damage. Maybe that's foundation damage. That's another major repair that, you know, is typically a deal breaker for a lot of people unless they can negotiate properly. Uh, but you negotiate repairs. So something's wrong with the house. That's why your inspector, you hired them. They tell you what the things are wrong. You figure out how much those things are worth to fix, and you negotiate the cost. Okay, hey, well, I want you to knock down the price of the house by fifteen grand because I need to get fifteen grand in repairs. And so, I kind of forget what the exact your question was. It oh, was more a, examples of that. Yeah. So yeah, you can negotiate that, and then you reword the contract to have that in there. Okay. All right. So what if I'm X amount of years into my house, and then I have to suddenly move for whatever reason? Am I losing money if I sell it or no? So like that's going to – no, I got you unless you want to add to that. I was going to like give you two examples to make it maybe a little easier. Mm-hmm. Like say you unexpectedly have to move 
two years after buying the house, and then the other one, let's say you have to unexpectedly move after five years. All right, so this is a good one, and we almost did this on another episode, but I think we do it all here. Um, so, all right, so if you have to move, let's say, two years after you bought your house, unless you got, like, a really good deal, because it's quote-unquote, like, you make the money in the buy, not the sell, because mm-hmm. you buy at a good deal, um, moving within two years, let's say unexpectedly, because if you were, if you knew you were going to move in two years, I, w- I would say not buy yet, mm-hmm. but if you had to move within two years, you just bought your house, unless you got lucky buying a house that was on the uglier side, like it needed cause some cosmetic repairs, then you would probably, you'd probably make money there. Uh, but that's more of a real estate investor mindset. So let's go with your first time home buyer, you're buying a nice house, which is a lot of them try to do the best they can. Oh, nice house, just like a new car. Um, so you buy your new house, new as in, you know, nice condition. You're, it's, you're in two years, you're, in a, you're kind of in a dangerous zone because you're probably not breaking even yet. When it, considering that versus renting, unless you can have a, I mean, especially if you can have a super cheap rental, then you're probably definitely not breaking even. But within, I would say, until you hit three years, like under three years, you're probably going to want to just rent if you know for sure you're going to move, unless you're buying it for a real estate investor mindset, and that's not why we're here today. So if you're going to, under three years, you're probably going to want to just keep renting if you know you're going to move. If you unexpectedly have to move after two years, you're probably you're not going to be out a ton of money, but as long as you bought and didn't pay over price and stuff like this, uh, you know, paid fair market value. I mean, you can lose a little bit of money because you got all the loan fees and stuff at the beginning, and all that stuff doesn't start to average out till later because you make you have equity on the home, and uh, that's like a forced savings account. We're, we're not going in depth on that too much time. Uh, a little bit of equity in the home. That's the amount of money that's saved in the home. And the other bit that you pay is interest on your loans. You pay interest and uh, you pay the principal. The principal becomes equity, the money you get to keep. So when you sell your home, you're still going to get money back after two years, but you're going to have those expenses you paid for at the beginning. It's probably not going to, you know, you're not going to be have making money yet. So once you get like, let's say five years, you said, so if you're going to have to sell your home after five years, the applicable, the average person you know, they go and within five to seven years, they move. And so if you have to sell your home after five years, you're doing fine. You should, you're making money. Uh, you're saving money versus renting for sure at five years. Unless you went crazy and offered way too much money on the, the price of the home. Um, in that sense, I don't even still though, you're saving a lot of money from rent. Um, so pretty much every time, yeah, five years, you're making money in the home, so when you sell it, you're going to get money back. You've saved more money than you would be if you were renting. All right, so how long is the home buying process and all that? So, I mean, this really does vary, but when you get down to the doing it, uh, basically you're looking about 30 to 45 days. You're typically, once you finally sign a contract, you're in that, and as long as nothing goes awry and you have no issues, which there will be issues, Always some kind of issue. That's how real estate works. And that's the real estate agents know that because they have to work with that stuff all the time. Uh, but essentially, you're looking at 30 to 45 days after you sign your contract. So after you find the house you want and you sign the contract, it's about a month, month and a half. Yeah. Uh, 30 to 45 days based on how you did your contract to um, you know close on the home. And so that, that goes from signing the contract and you're entering the deal to getting the keys and the title. And uh, so 30 to 45 days based on your contract, 
you know, we're not including how long it takes you to find a home and all that different stuff. Yeah. Just like once you find the house you want, he's like, yes, I want that one. It takes about a month, month and a half. As long as your contract gets accepted, month, month and a half. If right. it doesn't, well, you got to find another home. All right. So, okay, that's all about questions. Is there anything you think a first-time home buyer should know uh, while they're looking for a house, while they're trying to buy a house and all that, and while in the process of it that we didn't cover or I didn't think of that we could ask? Um, honestly, I think we did a pretty good job. I'm just going to, I'll just do a mini recap again, super quick run over everything. I'm not going to explain this stuff again. Uh, long story short, you're going to be a first time home buyer. Plain and simple. You're gonna, you get an agent that represents you. Go get pre-qualified for a mortgage. If you don't, the agent is going to tell you to do that. And then if you still don't, when you, you, when you submit offers, you're not going to get accepted because there's no proof of money. You don't have skin in the game. That's people, you know, like you, you want to sell something. You're not going to sell something to a guy that says, I might pay you back. You're going to sell something to a guy that says, I will pay you for this right now. And so go get an agent that represents you, a buyer's agent. Go get yourself pre-qualified for a mortgage when you finally get real serious. And then, uh, you know, and then just listen to your agent. Ask tons of questions. Your agent's there to answer your questions. Ask him anything you need. You know, when you go to the mortgage company, you want to get a mortgage, ask tons of questions. Ask him about different loan products. If he, he if he's real good, he, he should be telling you what loan product fits your situation best instead of you saying, well, I want an FHA. And then if he's not, you know, real good, you can help him a little bit. Say, okay, I'm trying to find the loan product that works best for me. This is my situation, which you should always talk about anyways. And, okay, I want to get to the FHA, but I don't know if it's the best for me. And you should be exploring those options with the mortgage originator the mortgage guy and uh and go from there and then you're just gonna trust in your real estate agent he's gonna you know his job is to protect you in the transaction he can get legally liable if he doesn't so <laughs> his skin's in the game don't you worry and obviously he wants to get paid he don't get real estate agents do not get paid anything until they close the contract so he wants you to buy the house that you want so there you go that's a little bit of rundown for you short sweet I'm not going to go over it again. I told you enough. Get an agent, so go get one, and then, you know, ask him questions. Ask questions a whole way. You want to know, ask him. Find him out. All right, guys, I hope this help, This episode helps you guys know or uh, whenever it's time for you guys to go buy your first home, what you need to do, what you should expect, and hopefully this helps you guys out a lot. And then, who knows, maybe this makes you start thinking about buying a home and all that. All right, you guys, uh, Blaine, look at the find us on Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram at For the Long Haul Podcast. And also, if for sponsorship details or anything of that nature, you can email us on the more business end at the FTLH Podcast, you know, like For the Long Haul, FTLH Podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, don't forget also, do you have another podcast in case you guys love listening to my voice? That's Let's Go Pokemon Podcast on all your podcasting apps and all that. We're podcast or podcasted. Yep. All right, guys, until then, you guys have an amazing, until the next episode, you guys have an amazing day, afternoon, night, whatever the hell it is for you guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you.